So I'm back here in the Hermitage. I'm going to give you the same thoughts. It's going to sound a little disjointed. The first is on a movie I watched last night called Minari. And the second is a sermon I heard today. You might be wondering why would a priest go to Mass on Sunday? Well, I go to Misa Cantata, and then behind me over here, I will offer my own low Mass right after I make this video, and I will lift all of you up in the Holy Sacrifice. So two parts. It's going to seem a little uh, disjointed, a movie I saw last night and a sermon I heard today, but you're going to see how hopefully these dovetail uh, towards the end of that. So the movie I saw last night is in mostly Korean. It was 90% of the movie was in Korean, came out about two years ago. It's the story of a Korean family that moved from California to Arkansas to try to start a farm and continue caring and, well, taking care of chickens, I guess we'll put it that way. And this movie has about uh, 3.5 thousand ratings on Amazon, four and a half stars. So very good movie. Uh, I would suggest it to people. Um, it was, uh, there's no sex, no nudity, no violence. It's PG-13 because there's a little bit of potty humor. So I think 13 is probably a good age, pretty much anybody over 13. So it's a good, wholesome Catholic movie, or not Catholic, it's a good, wholesome movie for Catholics, for Christians to watch. And let me give you the quick plot line. So this family... Young family has two kids in the 1980s. They move to Arkansas. They try to start a farm. They live in a trailer. It's going very, very poorly financially. The little boy who's about maybe seven years old has some heart problems. Then the grandma from Korea moves in with them. And well, what happens? Uh, maybe turn this off the next 60 seconds if you um, if you are going to watch this movie. So this is a little spoiler alert. Skip the next 60 seconds on this movie Minari because here's what happens. Uh, the ma the grandma has a stroke, and the young boy with his heart problems, they'd have to take him to a children's hospital in Oklahoma City. While they're there in Oklahoma City, this young farming couple finds a Korean restaurant or Korean market where they're going to be able to sell their stuff right after they almost are so poor they can't continue on. Well, the grandma, after a stroke, is back at the farm and almost burns down the farm, unfortunately. And they pull in from Oklahoma City Children's Hospital back to their little farm in Arkansas to see the grandma running from the scene of the farm with the last bit of goods, vegetables, uh, bok choy, whatever is bok choy and stuff that just going up in flames. Um, well, what happened right before that is this couple at Children's Hospital in Oklahoma City got in a fight and they decided to get a divorce. So as they're driving in, this farm is going up in flames. The, the, the post-CBA grandma is running away. The little boy goes after her to catch her. And the couple, the young couple goes in and they're just trying to save vegetables out of this, out of this farm, this storage place. And after getting, deciding to get a divorce, he has to save her life. She kind of saves his life. Um, and then here's how the movie ends is turns out, even though they lost everything, the grandma was planting this Korean herb down near a Creek in the Ozarks called Minari. Minari is a Korean herb. And um, he goes down to the creek and he just finds all of this. And it's very clear. This is how the scene ends, but it doesn't tell you. He starts picking this and it's, it becomes very clear this is actually going to be what keeps food on the table as he goes and sells this to the market. Okay. So the point of this movie is it's precisely the fire that destroys the family that causes the couple not to get a divorce and puts food on the table of the family as, as you can see what's going to happen in the next scene after the movie ends. Now, Seems a little disjointed. Let me tell you about the sermon I heard today. As, as you all know, it's Pentecost Sunday. Well, I went to a very traditional parish, and the priest talked about how Pope John XXIII promised 60 years ago we would have a new Pentecost. And this priest said in his sermon, 
but it didn't happen because the numbers tanked. How is that a how is that possibly a Pentecost? He also mentioned the words we recently heard about how these erroneous words, the following the gospel is not, excuse me, does not have anything to do with guarding doctrines. And he gave a very humble but zealous sermon to show that's just, you know, simply not true. Um, now, where he turned this whole thing around with some negative news, he really showed us that at this time in history, you and I have an access to the storehouse of Catholic doctrine, the likes of which no other century got to see. Because of the internet, because typical lay people and priests like me now have access to more books to learn Catholic doctrine from the doctors, the popes, the saints, the martyrs, the mystics, the confessors, the virgins, because we now have access, which kind of the church has always had, but lay people now have access to storehouses of Catholic doctrine like they never had, we should be so thankful that we have come after these many saints in all of history. Now, an easy rebuttal to this is, yeah, but there's so much misinformation out there. This is why so many Catholics are lost. True, objection sustained. However, for the people out there who actually do want to learn the Catholic faith, who want to put their nose to the grindstone to do the hard work, you really have access to storehouses of doctrine that um, probably your great-grandparents did not have. And this was a beautiful part of the sermon to show that even though we are in a time of great confusion— even though this promised new Pentecost didn't work like the first Pentecost, we, through the books and our internet searches, have access to thousands of saints, doctors, popes, martyrs, confessors, virgins, the teachings that if you want to teach your family, if you want to sift through the misinformation, you can find it. Was modernism a fire? Of course. Modernism has been a horrible fire that has taken so much toll. But as we saw in this movie, it was precisely the fire so I'm calling this this little uh, video, things we lost in the fire. Did we lose a lot in the fire of modernism? Of course. But that's precisely what saved the family that decided to fight. Precisely the fire that caused them to lose everything, made them fight for each other, reversed their decision to get a divorce, and even led them to better crops that saved this whole family. And so this, this line that I'm calling it, things we lost in the fire, first thing to realize is doctrine that even though it seems like we've lost everything, the few families out there that are fighting for tradition for apostolic Catholicism are finding more than anybody before. Um, secondly, again, the movie, it was precisely after medical problems, a stroke, a heart murmur, deciding to get a divorce, that the, the final tragedy that you think would have broken the family up brings them together. What if we saw that as the church, that this the final tragedy just as as so much in the hierarchy's teaching is just circling the drain, like we used to say in EMS, like the final spin before death. Uh, could this be the invitation for people to fight for, for the truth? Um, two more thoughts for you. One is, even though I often say I think Jesus is going to return soon, let's say I'm wrong about that. Many of the saints and the mystics say, and these are many of the saints and mystics of the past thousand years say, there will be a time of such confusion in the Catholic Church it will be followed up where more doctrine that has been attacked will be hammered out in what's called the Great Council than any other council before that. And I think these mystics and these saints say this will be presided over by the great pope and the great monarch. Again, I think Jesus is returning soon. But if you think I'm crazy and you'd rather listen to the saints and the mystics, which you should, it does seem very clear that, that we are going to have, after a time of great, 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 great confusion, the Great Council presided over by the great pope and the great uh, monarch. You might think I'm crazy even saying that, but many saints say that. 
Well, what would that do? It would it would hammer out doctrine that had been attacked in an unprecedented way, unlike any other time in church history. Well, have we had that? Yes, we have certainly had that period. So this is where, you know, I think it was Cardinal Newman said, no doctrine is defined until it's violated. Well, we violated every possible doctrine in the past 60 years. Does that not include a promise for God to save from this fire of modernism the very first Pentecost? We don't need a new Pentecost. Uh, it seems like the new Pentecost burned everything down. We need the first Pentecost that gave us the apostolic faith. And this great council promise just might return that. But at this point, it's going to be through the fire that you have to fight. And my last thought is this. How much do you love the Holy Spirit? The answer to that is how much you love Mary. So I want to thank the people who defended my blog post out there. Um, some heresies against Mary were put into a popular movie. I wrote against those using popes, doctors, saints. This is the official articulated faith of the church on Mary. And I want to thank the people who, who defended that because how much do you love the Holy Spirit? It's how much you love Mary. How do we know that? I mean, think of think of the scenes you've seen at Pentecost. Who's in the middle of it all? It's Mary. Who's the center? Who is the center of Pentecost? Obviously, it's God, the Holy Spirit. But physically, who's in the middle? It's Mary. And if we teach that all graces come through Mary, that's what the Catholic Church teaches. Then even the grace of Pentecost came through our Blessed Mother, and that's how you know how much you love the Holy Spirit is how much you love Mary. This is why Mary's called the destroyer of all heresies. She's the one to look for. She's the one to look to as you try to salvage things from the fire. We look at the fire of modernism, all the things we've lost in the fire, but God can't be outdone in generosity. So fight for your family with Our Lady at your side on this Pentecost. That will be the determinant of how much you love God, the Holy Ghost. God bless you.